You should be the host here. I really love it, aren't you? We're both monster people, diehard monster people, and we want them to do well. The Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Nobody knows monster rugby better. I'd like to think I know a lot. Welcome along to episode 18 of the Red 78 here on the Rugby Channel. As always, I'm joined by the legend that is Neve Briggs. Uh, you're very welcome again, Neve. Glad to have you back on. Thanks, how was buddy. your How was your week been? <laughs> yeah, obviously, uh, busy. quite busy. Busy. Um, yeah, look, it's obviously just been announced getting involved with Ireland. It's obviously a great opportunity. Um, but yeah, look, it's just been ridiculously busy the last few days. So it's going to be, I think it's going to be that way now for the next few months. But um, better to be busy than not, I suppose. Well, it is Monster Rugby news because you're a Monster Rugby woman. And this is big news. You're taking the assistant coach's role with Ireland. Backs coach, Would you? which would you prefer to call it? Assistant coach or backs coach? I think it's as much, so much, to be honest. Um, yeah, look, it's pretty cool. I think Greg approached me before Christmas and um, I'm obviously very new in my coaching journey. So a lot of thinking because, you, you know, you want to make sure that you can't pass up an opportunity like that, but you also want to make sure that you're fully qualified for a role that you're not going to be, um, you know, I think the best way to put it is that you've got something to offer. Um, so yeah, look, I'm really excited. Uh, we had our first so, camp the weekend. So what have uh, you to offer? Well, I just think I've obviously got playing experience at the, at the, the highest level for a long time. And, and now that I'm coaching Bose and Munster, I obviously know a lot of players that are on the ground. Um, so I think that that's that's going to be something that's going to be really important for us going forward. Um, for for but, people who don't know, how long have you been coaching Bose and when did you retire? Uh, I finished playing in 2018 after that bad injury and then started coaching straight away with Fiona Hayes and Bose. Um, then Fiona moved on last year to Ballon Colleagues, so I took the head coaching job uh, with Bose, um, which is totally different than being uh, the assistant or best coach, if you can say that much. And, uh, and then obviously got in with Munster as well. I had done a couple of years with Underage with Fiona and Murray Kelly and then um, came in with Matt Brown and Mike Story this year. Really enjoyed that as well because... You're learning so much all the time, you know. And then obviously someone like in Costello comes into the academy um, manager and understands that his role has to, or probably wants to improve, you know, Munster rugby in general, not just the academy system. So he's been brilliant support in all his coaches. Um, so it's, it's been a whirlwind kind of maybe 10 or 12 months in terms of learning and growing, developing. Um, and then... Yeah, Greg and Anthony Rang and um obviously you don't want to pass it up, but you also want to make sure that you you're you're right for the job too. Like I wouldn't like to go in there and not not have anything to offer. So um yeah, no, it's 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 incredibly exciting because for me, I think you know, I've worked with Greg before as as a player when he was coaching Ireland. Um and I think that he's incredibly energetic, enthusiastic in terms of his rugby knowledge is phenomenal, obviously. He's got to where he is. He's come back from America. He's, you know, head coach in rugby United, New York, sorry. And um, and also he's with the US men's Eagles and he's coached Barbarian. So he's, he's, he's had a lot of, you know, stuff on his repertoire. So to be able to go and learn off him is brilliant. But also his personality is, is, is really good too. So from that aspect, I think we'll work really well together. Um, so yeah, it's exciting. It would have been nice if you told me that I didn't have to read <laughs> re, read about this appointment. I thought we were a my, team here. Like, my, I had to, uh, I had to if it's any consolation, it. if it's any consolation, my parents said the same. Look, I didn't. 
look, I think it's really difficult to say something like that until you know you're definitely doing it. I think, you know, that's got to be the way. And while I was busy in the background trying to, you know, talk to people in terms of whether you'd be able for it or not, like other coaches, like say Cosy or Matt, then, you know, <laughs> I'm sorry. I am. I actually am sorry. But if it's any consolation, I live with two players. I didn't tell them either. They so um, How they, are you they gonna... didn't know. How are you going to manage the schedule now? Because you're going to be assistant coach with Ireland, assistant coach with Munster, and head coach with UL Bowes. That's going to be a pretty busy schedule. What you know? How are you going to manage that? Yeah, look, it's it's obviously difficult, and um, but the, the way the season in the women's game works is that they don't really overlap a huge amount. So with Bowes, the AIL finishes in three weeks' time, so on the 26th of February. There's cup games in March, but the Six Nation prep. Okay, we had a screening camp this weekend, but Six Nation prep starts after the AIL. And then the Munster, you know, stuff doesn't start till the Irish stuff is finished. It just means that there's not much of a break in between, but I love it. So like, people would often say to me, you know, you need to get a hobby. Well, this is my hobby. I, lo- I love it. If I'm not coaching, I'm on laptop or I'm watching rugby, or I'm talking to you about rugby or anybody else who listened to me about rugby. So, um, yeah, I, I, like it is, it's going to be incredibly busy, but I'm also very aware that I've got my prep done right. And like, I'm obviously working full time as a guard as well. So, you know, um, it's just going to have to, I'll, I'll make it work because they're, they're both, you know, two things that I really want to be doing at the moment. Okay. okay. So there's, um, there's obviously been a fair bit of negativity and issues between the RFU and, and the women's team the disappointment of not qualifying for the World Cup. Um, it's kind of, you're going from the frying pan into the fire, but you seem excited about it. So is this, is this, is this a positive kind of uh, new step for this Irish team? Have you, like, is there new girls come into the group? Um, do you see all that negativity being sorted out and, and being able to look forward to the Six Nations, which is probably what five weeks away now, three, four or five weeks away from you for you. Yeah, so our first game is twenty sixth of March, and and you're right. Look, I think <clears throat> I think the thing for probably the most exciting thing about this was that it was such a blank canvas because you're literally, you know, it's almost like a new era in terms of, um, and and that's a lot to do with how women ro- rugby works in terms. Of, it's very cyclical. So after a World Cup campaign, you'll often find out finding that a coaching group moves on, a huge amount of players move on. So you're almost kind of starting from scratch every four or five years. Um, so, and look, obviously it's incredibly disappointing that the girls didn't make it to, to the World Cup next, this year, sorry, but also how exciting in terms of, okay, you've got a blank canvas and something that you can start from scratch and build towards. And um, and the talent, like, oh my God, Quinny, I was buzzing coming down the car on Sunday because you know, it's a huge amount of young girls, 18, 19 year olds um, that were in that camp that weekend that absolutely blew me away. Like I was just like, like couldn't understand like A, that they were so young, but also B, like isn't it brilliant that we're now at a stage where we have 18, 19 year old girls coming through. Whereas, you know, when I started playing, everybody was in their twenties because they all started when they went to college. So it's, 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 you know, from that point of view, it, it is. It's incredibly exciting because you've got these young girls and they have no expectation in terms of 
you know, they've not been there before. So they're incredibly raw and they're incredibly excited and they're, they're just want to learn. And, and you blend that in with some of the, the, the experienced girls that were in this weekend. And it was just a lovely match. Great balls, really good environment. And, um, yeah, look, I just think it's obviously going to be a difficult thing because you're you're trying to get girls to go from uh, not to 100 in terms of a club level to uh, international stage within a very short space of time. But I think you've got to be very objective too and, and understand that, you know, this is going to be a process. And uh, that's, what, that's what I was going yeah. to ask you is, um, yeah. look, um, obviously... Um, it's 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 a new challenge for you and the girls and a new era and hopefully all that negativity can be sorted out between the RFU and the women's team and that people can get behind the team and support them. But is it is it aside from and we will talk about this in the next few weeks? It's a bit of a daunting challenge. Then you know France, England, they're at a different level. So what's the goal for the Six Nations? Or is that too early to ask you yet? Um, as regards having the group to get fully together, because a lot of your the girls wouldn't have been at the camp at the weekend. They're still in the UK playing matches. So, what what is the goal for the Six Nations? Is just try to win people back over, create a bit of confidence, rebuild. I don't think it's about anybody else outside of the camp, to be honest. And like you're right, it's not something we've spoken about yet. Very early days, we just had Irish players, Irish AIL players involved this weekend. Sevens to come back into that. They're due to play uh, AIL over the next three weekends. And this is the thing, you know, it's brilliant to see them coming in after, you know, we spoke earlier on about the structures of the AIL and the top four teams that are playing each other week in, week out post-Christmas. So the actual levels of games, the intensity, the pace is so much better than anything we would have experienced on a consistent basis. So the next three weekends are going to be hugely exciting because they're the best players in the country probably, you know, in terms of the, the top clubs. And then and then when we get in together as a group in March, I think that's when we decide what the focus is. But as a coach, you just want to see players improve, get better. You want them to enjoy the environment. You want them to thrive on the fact that they get to play for their country. And um, and once you get those things right, um, you know, you're definitely going in the right direction. Okay. Well, it's a little bit different this week in slagging you about Spurs. <laughs> um, good, good luck and good luck. I was, I was about to start slagging you for that blue jumper, but um, we'll 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 wait for that. For okay, time. okay. I like it actually myself. So as it's long lovely. as I'm, I'm happy and comfortable. But look, <laughs> um, we've got to move on. As always, we want people to get involved in the podcast, and you can tweet us at Rugby Channel 15, or else tweet Neve or myself at our Twitter handles. Leave a comment, ask us a question, make an observation as to what's going on. Ideally, about Monster Rugby, um, but that can be from club, women's, men's, all the way through, and or even the Monster players playing involved in the Irish squad. Um, we have some tweets that um, Monster obviously played Glasgow this weekend and fr- on Friday night away in Glasgow, which would be quite difficult. So I put out a tweet asking people what their thoughts were um, on the game, uh, who needs to put their hand up going forward. And of course, we did the podcast last week and, and Malachi Fekito was announced after the podcast. So we, we talk <laughs> about that a little bit later. So what people's opinions on it. So um, I'm going to read out a couple and uh, we won't go in depth in them all, but we'll see if there's any comments on it. Um, Adrian O'Donoghue, I think our, the Ireland fullback position could be improved as good as he is, Yuga Keane. And I'm not convinced he's the best player in the country for that position. 
It was poor against Wales. And if Mike Haley can put a big performance in more on this weekend and, and going forward, he can put himself into the conversation. Well, I'm a big fan of Hugo Keenan. I think Mike Haley has the ability. Um, I think he has, he's a great talent. He's aggressive. He's hard. Um, and I think he's played well recently. So I think we need to see a consistent high level from Mike Haley because, look, Hugo Keenan, I think, has been flawless since he's gone in in the Irish job, uh, in the Irish fullback position. But, look, I'm not sure what you think. If you want to comment on that. I think Hugo Keenan is exceptional. I think uh, his time at the sevens um, has, like his catch pass, his, his positional sense is so good. Uh, defensively, like his t- tackle tech is brilliant. And um, so, yeah, look, don't get me wrong. I'm a huge Mike Haley advocate as well. I think he's had a really good season this year and he's, 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 he's starting to probably why he's starting to come to fruition, I think, is because Munster are starting to move the ball more. I think yeah, previously it. when previously when you know we were in this kick battle with opposition teams, all he was doing was catching and kicking back. So we never really got to see much of him in terms of his ability to run, stay square, his ability to offload. So he does. He's, look, he's yeah, he has he well. has it. And look, it always it, it makes a another it makes it makes a difference. Then you know Munster need to to be in the conversation come the end of the season, and he needs to be consistent. And that's sometimes when players ahead of you and you're playing on a different provincial team, you need your team to be winning as well and, and be really contesting. But look, he's a very good player, Mike Haley, and I think he yeah. has the ability to play international rugby. Peter Desmond, it would be great to see some players who won't be involved in France get released back for this game if they're not in the extended panel. But we still have a team capable of winning. Healy at 10. I, I Just on that point of players being released, I think we saw some Ulster players released last week. Mike Lowry, uh, Balakoon, Timoney, and they had a really powerful win. And Balakun scores two tries in, in, against Connacht on Friday night. So he had a big impact. Lowry played well. In an ideal world, that would be great because I think we'll talk about it in a minute. Glasgow actually, even though they have a number of internationals, they have 10 or 11, they're not all going to be involved. And I think Glasgow, who beat Connacht a few weeks ago, were very, very strong and a very settled team. So it's going to be difficult. So the possibilities of players being on, on that though, to be fair, like majority of the Munster players that are up there are always going to be on the bench, so they're always going to be involved well, in just, the match day. The, the ones, and also, like the ones Casey. who might be released back, uh, the only option, the only there's three options. It's it's uh, Dave Kilcoyne, uh, Craig Casey, or Gavin Coombs. I think the rest of them are going to be involved. So so, but like if you look at this. Killer and Craig Casey are covering two pivotal positions. They have to be a part right. of that travelling party because if someone goes down and the captain's under the warm-up, then they're there. So And, Ga- and Gavin Coombs warmed up last week, so it yeah, might be so... bad news for uh, for Peter. It'd be nice if uh, Peter Desmond, um, it'd be nice if they if they could get them back. But then yeah. Ireland train Thursday, um, you know, so they, they wouldn't be released till Thursday. They'd probably be flying out Friday morning, so I'm not yeah. sure it's, uh, yeah, it's going to happen. Be... Yeah. Um, like to see K- this is from Jerry Maloney like to see Casey and Healy at halfbacks Crowley at 12 or Decky in the back row but we just mentioned the Casey thing it probably won't happen it'd be lovely to see him and I think he'd be great to have Craig Casey back Crowley at 12 is an interesting one one we spoke about and a few people are starting to talk about that because I think Ben Healy obviously played really well against Wasps um, and that 10 position is starting to, to 
become really competitive. Exactly what Munster and what the fans want and the coaches want um, from Thomas King. Tom Ahern would love to see him get a run of games. Unfortunately, I don't think we're going to see Thomas Ahern this week. Um, I'm a fan. We're both fans. He's from Waterford as well, so you're, it's easy. Uh, you'd be, you, you're obviously a fan just because he's from yeah. your county, but he picked up a quad stroke. No, a, hands, a hamstring injury, injury yeah. It doesn't um, look like he'd be, but he did, he, he probably won't be involved this week, I'd imagine. It didn't look good to see him with the way he was running as well, so um, trying to run it off. Unfortunately for him, because this was a good time for him to get game time over the next few weeks when the international's away, but um, they've just got to try and rehab him right now and get him back. Yeah, well, look, that's uh, they're the kind of tweets, um, number a couple of tweets we got. Um, it is a difficult game. We'll talk about it in a minute. We'll just move on to the piece for Andy Farrell because the Six Nations is on. Um, we started this piece a couple of weeks ago. Are you watching Andy Farrell? And we, the idea was to pick out a monster player that maybe would did grab the attention or is capable of grabbing the attention of Andy Farrell. Monster had no game at the weekend, but the so. In picking a player here, I'm picking a player who I think is capable of playing international rugby. I think he's capable of possibly going close to being on the plane to New Zealand if, if in the summer, um, if he plays and gets selected um, and has a good finish to the season. He's only played seven games this season, had a long-term injury. It's John Hodnett, number seven for Munster. Um, I think Munster sometimes choose to put Jack, Jack O'Donoghue there, Gavin Coombs, Peter O'Mahony, that's probably the perceived strongest back row, their, their first choice back row. But I just think John Hodnett, um, he's an exceptional player. He's had been very, very unlucky with a long-term Achilles injury. He only came back for the Ospreys game in in October, then played in the Wasp game where, you know, in the Champions Cup and has played a, a number of games since. Three URC games, which is amazing. You think he's around a lot and four Champions Cup games. So I think he's someone that really has the potential to go and play international rugby. He's incredibly powerful. I think he's a really good ball carrier as well, something that you don't normally associate with, with number sevens. It's really, you know, their tackle technique, their ability to put pressure in the opposition, 10, breakdown work. But I think Hodnett has an explosive power that, that is exceptional. We saw that with the first try, the Jack O'Donoghue's try away in Zebra, the line break he made, the way he could swat people off, and he's very, very quick. So, I'm not sure what you think. What, what would you? What, what do you think his strengths or weaknesses are? Um, obviously, he's you know had those injuries and he's had taken time to work his way back. But I think this guy has serious potential to go on and play for Ireland in the near yeah. future. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree 100%. I think he's phenomenal. I think it's that zero to five, 10 meter burst that he has. He's got really good footwork, big, strong friend, and he's, he's well able to pass and, and, and read the play. So yeah, I think, I think, I think the weakness is the fact that we just haven't seen him consistently enough, you know, week in, week out, but now we're after, you know, seeing him for a chunk of time for the last few weeks. And I think the more games he plays, the better he's going to get. Um, I'm also kind of, quite laughed to myself. You know, we've three weeks of Andy Farrell, are you watching? We've picked three back rowers. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah. And, and and then you flip that over and you think, who would you 
you know, who would you take out to put him in there? And and that's the nature now of where Ireland are. In well, I, I tell you, Niamh, I, I did a, I did a, um, I did a back row chart a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Um, and uh, for off the ball. And we were looking at back rows and, and trying to, you know, I was asked to pick six, seven and eight and the depth chart and see who, who we could pick. And just on the number sevens, I was there. Who's going to start? Josh van der Fleer. If Josh van der Fleer doesn't play, who 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 do they put seven? And then the I went with Peter O'Mahony because Will yeah. Connors and Dan Levy, who were uh, you know, Dan Levy unfortunately picked up another injury. Will Connors is now after picking up an injury, another injury. He's out for another number a number of weeks. He's been out long term as well, which is so unfortunate. And they're just very unlucky. And I can I can relate to that because at times in my career, I just had these long-term injuries that really frustrate when you're getting back, uh, you're getting in a good place and it can be very frustrating and it can set you right back. So I picked Josh van der Fleer, Peter O'Mahony, Will Connors, and then I picked Connor Oliver as number four because I was just trying to think who at the moment starts for Ireland and what's the depth chart in that number seven position. And the bolters I put in, which were beside it were Connor Oliver, Scott Penny, and John Hodnett. So when I look at this again, I just think if John Hodnett plays consistently well over this next period of time, if jo- Josh van der Fleer picked up an injury or he he, he wasn't an, on the Irish team, who who is the backup? Connor Oliver has played very well for Connacht this year, to be fair to him, and I think he'd be comfortable at at, at playing at international level. And I think he's ready to, to get an opportunity as well. But I, I really believe John Hadnett has that ability to step in there as well. So what I'm trying to say, when I look at the depth chart, we've loads of sixes, we've loads of eights. And at one stage, you know, we probably had four unbelievable sevens when Van der Fleer, Dan Levy, Will Connors, um, Scott Penny was coming through, Sean Promise as well. Um and he's still in the conversation, Scott Penny. But I just think John Hodnett, at the moment, is not actually a million miles away from being in an Irish squad and actually playing. And that's why I think he has the potential, maybe, if he has a really good second half of the season uh, and builds on what we've seen already, that he could... He could jump a few. Yeah, he could easily push for a, a place in the on the plane to New Zealand for three tests. You know, there's three tests in New Zealand. There's going to be two warm-up, uh, two kind of midweek games as well. So it'll be a big squad that they'll bring. Um, and I think John Hodnett has that ability and potential to step up. The problem he has is Johan van Graan and his selections in the Munster back row. You know, he's an out-and-out out seven, I think, with an ability to carry ball for you as well. Um, he's a fetcher. He's incredibly tenacious, aggressive, and has that bit of dog about him that I really like. So I think that, that they're his big strengths. Who is he like? We, I, that's kind of one of the questions I want to ask about these players. I ask myself the question, I think, you know, the first player that comes into my head is, is, is he's a more, and this is to, with respect to this player, I played against Neil back a number of times and he was incredible for England, for Leicester. Um, I think there's similarities, a more aggressive type of Neil Back to John Hodnett, which I hope is a compliment to him because Neil Back was an incredible player. I just think he has that ability and he has a little bit more in, in the tank. 
as regards being a link player and a carrier of the ball. Um, for you, who would you kind of... Yeah, it's funny you like? say that. Off the top of my head, I think, when I see him in space and when he runs, I think he's like a more mobile CJ Sander in the sense that he's the ability to be able to be incredibly powerful off the floor. But then I look at him in terms of his tackle tech, his ability to carry close in. He gets very square like van der Fleer does. Um, but yeah, I just, I think, I think now the way Andy Farrell is picking his squads and you can see it with the likes of, you know, the Connick boys or, and the Ulster boys coming like Mack Hansen and, and Balakoon, Lowry, Hume. He's picking players on form who are consistently playing. So, You'd imagine that if, you know, Hodnett consistently plays now for the next three or four months in big games, plays well, that he then jumps that pecking order of, you know, Dan Levy, um, Scott Penny, Will Connors, from the fact that he's, you know, playing and they're not. Well, I mean, um, the, door, the door is open there because Dan Levy, unfortunately, has another yeah. injury and, and Will Connors. Um, I think he needs to nail down the spot at Munster and that's, maybe knocking at Johan's door and saying, I want to start and um, playing so well that he can't leave him out. And then you have Gavin Coombs, Peter Romania and um, Jacko Jack O'Donoghue fighting yeah. for the six and eight spot. But yeah. I, I just think as a link man, as a ball carrier and as an explosive no. player and as a chop tackler, he's an incredible chop tackler as well. So look, we're picking players here. Obviously, there's nine guys in the Irish squad, Six Nations squad. Um, we only have two starters, so it's hard to go in depth there. But I just think, you know, so we picked player, we picked Gavin Coombs, Jack O'Donoghue, and John Haddon in the last three weeks. Um, but all three have that potential. Um, yeah. Jack is a little bit older and has been capped. Gavin has been capped as well. But I just think John Haddon is, is a real, he is a real opportunity in the next period of time to, to go to a different level. Um, so that's it. Andy Farrell, keep an eye out on John Hodnett. Paul O'Connell, I'm sure you're watching anyway. So if he plays well in the next while. And Friday night's a game. So let's talk about Friday night. So if John Hodnett plays against a Glasgow side and stands out and Munster win the game, you, you need, in these types of situations where you're trying to push yourself into an Irish squad, and I know this from experience, you need to stand out in these games, these yeah. hard games, difficult situations, and with respect to Zebra, this is a different challenge, isn't it, on on Friday night away to Glasgow? And you've picked out a few things that you want to kind of mention and look ahead to that game. Yeah, absolutely. I think Glasgow are having a really good season. I think um, you're right. They, they have 10 or 11 internationals, but what's left behind is still really good. Like Duncan Weir's, they're starting out half. Sure, you know, he could be easily playing with Scotland in the Six Nations. I think he's does the basics incredibly well. I think they're, I, I met uh, Damien, I don't know who used to be with Munster as an SNC coach. He's now at Glasgow recently and he just had a buzz in there. It's unbelievable. They have a really good atmosphere. And, you know, this is an opportunity now for, for Munster to be able to, there they're, they're are two places behind Glasgow on the table, but with a game in hand, they have an ability now to be able to jump that back up. And it's on a 4G pitch as well, which, you know, might not suit some teams, but Munster are play, training on that 4G in UL, they're, they're, that will suit them down to the ground. And you look at the likes of, you know, you'd like to see a continuation of that Sabre game in terms of Shane Daly, Liam Coombs, I was really impressed with. Calvin Nash, um, 
be it Ben Healy or Jack Crowley, because I just think it's going to be a week for you and a week for me, I think, at this point, because it's very little to separate them. You're looking for them to be able to move the ball around. But like, as you said, like Glasgow have been going very, very well in a really good win against Connacht away in the last round. So um, it's going to be so fast. Someone like Simon Zebo needs to play probably and step up as well. If he has aspirations of, of trying to push himself back into the Irish squad as well, I think he's he hasn't played very much rugby this year. So... It's a kind of a big test. This is a kind of a big test, not just for the players who are trying to put their hands up to get on the Munster team, but someone like Zebo, Mike Haley, if they want to make a make an impression and, and push on and get in that summer tour, they've got to play well. Just looking at the, the Glasgow team that played a couple of weeks ago and, and beat Connacht pretty convincingly in the sports ground. Kyle Stain, Rufus McLean, Jamie Batty and Rory Darge. They, they were probably, Rory Darge didn't play, but there's, it's going to be a very similar team that beat Connacht pretty convincingly. I think Kyle Stain is in the Scottish squad, the outside centre. Rufus McLean, the winger in the Scottish squad, Jamie Batty. Whether those guys are released back to, to, uh, to Glasgow on Friday night, we don't know yet, but it's a very strong team. Jack Dempsey at number eight, uh, Richie Gray in the Richie second Gray. row. Uh, Ryan Wilson in the back row. He's been around a while and uh, very experienced as well. Ollie Kebble in the front row. Fraser Brown, who's a lot of caps for Scotland. So it's, this is a strong Glasgow side. How, how does this how does this Munster team, who are probably a little bit inexperienced, um, had been under pressure, were sloppy at times against Zebra, did some very good stuff. How did it go over and... And I've played in these games, these Friday night games in Glasgow, where they re- they'll see this now as a real opportunity to, to, to take a scalp of Munster. Um, there's no love lost between the two sides. There's a fair rivalry there over the years. Um, how did a Munster team cope with that kind of pressure and aggression uh, on Friday night and, and try and eke out a result? Yeah, so... <clears throat> I wonder how long we continue to talk about inexperienced, considering that a lot of these boys played against Wasps in a kind of a half a team kind of bit of internationals and a half team. Of yeah, well, what, 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 I, what I mean, you know, what I'm what saying I mean is about Glasgow. Through. What I mean about Glasgow, if you look at some of their team, like Richie Gray's as seasoned international, Fraser Brown, Kebble is an international, Jack Dempsey, um, Duncan Weir, as you said, George Horn. There's a lot of experience here. Completely. In what I'm saying is that they've, they've, if you're one of those players, they they went away to to Coventry and they won. They 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 went to the Scarlets and and won. And you have to have that kind of um, you know, belief in yourself that look, I've I've managed. We've negotiated these two away trips and and start you know understanding that you're there because you're good enough as opposed to anything else. And I think for Munster this weekend, you're 100% right. I'd imagine that hot review after the December game, they, they were definitely sloppy at times in terms of the possession. Um, the breakdown uh, and, was really good. We spoke about that under yeah, three and, seconds. And 65% yeah. of their, their breakdowns were under three seconds. So um, are we giving them a pass this week? Or, or are, no. we, are we saying, right, this team has to go and win in Glasgow Friday night. If they're to take this next step forward. Yeah. Um, you talk about expectation though, Quinny, like they, they've had lost a couple of games. Now, I know not a huge amount. Okay. And I know that that was a lot of blown out of proportion, but they've lost two or three games, in the, two games in the URC so far. 
you can't, you know, the way that the format is, they've got to keep trying pushing and pushing themselves back up the table. This is a really good opportunity. They have a game in hand to Glasgow to be able to go up and, and compete with I think Glasgow or two places ahead of them. So, like, we've got to be able to have an expectation that we will go and win. And, and this block... You know, they've had a week off last week. You'd like to think they come back really good and refresh this week. But this block over the next few weeks are really important for this group to be able to push themselves back up the table, but also get consistency in performance. And here's the thing. If you're looking for consistency in performance and you're looking for selections that are consistent, so you give opportunities through a run of games. And, you know, you'd like to see that the trust will be put into those players so that they'll they'll get, you know, that Ben Healy or Jack Crowley or John Hodnett or Liam Coombe, Shane Daly, these guys will get, you know, the next two, three, four, four games together. And they know that they have, so irrelevant of the results, they know that they're going to, you know what I mean? If you know, so consistency in performance, like that's one big yeah, thing for and, me. And, and, and consistency in, in, the, in the aggressive intensity that they can bring, because I can yeah. guarantee you this, before... Before anything happens here on Friday night, Glasgow will try and intimidate, um, overpower them, be in their faces. So I, I know some of these players will know this and they've been there before, um, but I think they've got to be really ready for an aggressive, intense game. And I think if they get that part right, the attitude and the aggression right, well then, you know, of course there'll be a few mistakes and they're not going to be perfect. I think they're in with a great chance. And that starts up front against a very experienced, um, powerful Glasgow pack. So let's hope that um, they can bring that aggression and, and play a little bit because you said it, it's a 4G pitch and they have a great opportunity to, you know, to, to, to play some attacking rugby as well. Um, we can't preview too much because we don't have teams and we're not really sure what the selections are going to be for both sides. Um, it'd be nice, as I said at the start, if, if a few of them, a couple of Munster players were released back it probably won't happen. They've got to prepare without them this week. But fingers crossed they get a big performance. And it's a tough game. No matter what they do, it's still a tough ask to yeah. go and get a win there. But I really hope no matter what happens that they bring an attitude um, and we see some energy and aggression from them and some glimpses and, and, and some glimmers of, of, of attack, improvement in attack and, and them trying to play a little bit because... Um, like I said, Glasgow will kind of try and overpower them on Friday night. So well, let's wait and see in that. We haven't a lot of time left. Just, it was a great start for Ireland at the weekend. We'll briefly talk on Ireland here. Um, we've only two players in the team. Andrew Conway, Ty Byrne. I thought both of them played superb, as did the rest of the Irish team. There was chances left behind. I saw one, one um, team at a week, Six Nations team at a week, and I genuinely thought Ty Byrne was in him was in it. Uh, Andrew Conway wasn't. And I just thought he was superb again. Um, didn't have a lot to do for the, was it the first, the second try, but the first one, you know, he yeah, did brilliantly. And I thought he was superb under the high ball. He's kick chase as well. Um, just overall, briefly, very positive performance. Can they go to France this weekend and get a result? Yeah, I thought it was hugely positive. I thought you were right. I thought Byrne was exceptional again. He's almost become 
that forward amongst Leinster men that he is undroppable really because he's playing so so well. I thought Conway was excellent again, and I couldn't understand in the build up to the game why people were, you know, in some pundits and media people. I don't know if they had to do it, but he wasn't in their team considering that he had an exceptional November. Um, and for that first try, Genie, like even the pick up off the pass on one knee. Um, was incredible and the acceleration of Josh Adams is like ridiculously quick be able to have the step and and the reach um, was just brilliant brilliant from him and um, I think he's going to be he's a really important part of this Irish team and how they play now and um, so yeah I thought Omani like, it's funny isn't it you talk about players coming on to, coming off the bench trying to slow things down and, and win you out the game when you're ahead but he comes on he's brings to another level like another poach um, ridiculously strong in the contact um, brilliant leader and and I thought Murray had a really good impact when he came on he had two big half snipes two little line breaks the only probably blemish in relation to you know the the Welsh try where Ty Byrne offloads you can see Murray's calling for it and just looked a little bit rushed but but you can't really you can't really admonish them for that because they're looking to play and they're looking to have that energy and I actually thought it was really good so it was brilliant um, hard to see how Gavin Coombs and Casey gets into that. And I, you know, and and Joey got another, you know, 20, 25 minutes, I think it was, 60 minutes came on. So brilliant for him as well. Great to see him back and, and doing so well. And um so yeah, look, tough, tough game, France. But like this is this is going to be the I think this for me is championship decider between these two teams. Yeah, it's uh it's it's a real test this one, isn't it? Power, yeah. strength. Italy uh, France were a little bit rusty against against Italy on Sunday, but uh, it should be a humdinger. Hopefully it continues. Because uh, if they win on Sunday, I think they're in prime position. It's always going to be difficult, Neve, isn't it, to go to, yeah. to Paris. Um, even though I watched a clip back last night of uh, four years ago, I was on commentary when Johnny Sexton got that winning drop goal. It's just, uh, people should go back and look at it. It goes on forever. I don't know how many, I can't remember. 21, how many 21 phases. It was 21. phenomenal. It was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, the way they worked their way up the field, the cross field kick from Sex and the Keith Earls, um, just the hard yards that all the forwards were making. And, but they're playing and then, a different brand now. You know what I mean? Quinny, they're playing a different style of rugby. And like, that was a really good win against Wales, but it wasn't perfect. I think I read some the stat the other day that they had. Um, we ticked thirty six percent strike rate from inside twenty two, so that's an area you know that you can com- like completely hone in on, and that's brilliant if you're Andy Farrell that like you can go out and score, you know, a bonus point win over an international side, the defending champions Six Nations. But to be able to walk in on Monday morning and say we had nine opportunities in twenty two and we only came away with points three times, do you know what I mean? Like, so that's yeah. really good. That's good for them. Good for them. Yeah, th- my only concern is the power. How can they can they deal yeah. with the, the physical size and pressure? But I, I'm confident. I'm confident they can go and win um, in Paris. More confident after the weekend. And some people are saying, well, the points were left behind and um, they should have got more scores and they should have beat Wales by more. Wales are missing a lot of players. I think it's a good thing. And you notice as a coach that there was chances left behind and there's things they've got to work on this week. But... Um, we talk about energy and aggression that Munster bring to Glasgow. Ireland have to bring certainly a, a huge amount of that as well. Okay, right. Before we wrap up, Neve, um, bit of a, we always try and see, is there any other news or gossip um, for Munster fans? Well, we missed last week that Malachi Fekitoa signed on for two years with Munster. He's 29. He's 24 caps for the All Blacks. He played for Toulon. 
when he left New Zealand and Wasps. Uh, injured for a, share, a fair chunk of this season. But when when I looked at his announcement last week, there was an awful lot of comments under the Munster Twitter page when they announced that Fekatoa had signed. And there was a lot of actually Wasp people who came on and said, he's a huge loss. Um, they're really disappointed he's going. He gives 100% when he plays and he's incredibly exciting. So what's your take on the signing? Yeah, super exciting, isn't it? I think he's a classy, classy player. Also very interesting that he switches allegiance to Tonga and could most likely be playing Ireland in the World Cup in France in 2023. Um, so, yeah, look, I think it's like... Obviously, Delande going is a huge loss because I think he's been phenomenal for Munster. I think he's an unbelievably world-class centre. But what's coming in his place, something different because he's obviously not as big and powerful. But somebody who can create magic out of nothing. Um, well, he's, so, a hundred, he's 100 kilos. Delande is probably 105 or yeah, 6. Yeah, but I'm talking about height and you know what I mean? So, um, But he's got magic feet. Um, you, you'd hope that, you know, that the injury problems are behind him and so um, and and that you know he can come and enjoy a really good successful period there. Yeah and whoever takes over as coaches he can he certainly if you want to build an attacking game you have a different yeah. different variety in footwork without him. One other rumour that we had was Ollie Yeager the um, former Black Rock schoolboy who left New Zealand left Ireland when he was after, straight after he's leaving start nine years ago and he's been playing with He's playing with the Crusaders in recent years. He's done remarkably well for himself. A couple of times he's been linked to come back to Ireland, but small little rumour that, uh, and this was just someone from on Twitter sending me this, that um, he may it's be definitely true then, Quinny. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, well, it's, you know, Twitter rumours now are, 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 you know, sometimes... Jesus, if that's the case, so it's a super signing. I watch uh, Super Rugby, Rugby Airtoa now, it's called... Every we week, won't, we won't big we won't big this one up because it is uh, only a, if a it's small rumor. Very good work. If it's the case, it's yeah. good work to be sure. Okay, and uh, the last thing then is it's just been announced at two o'clock that uh, Munster, in their round sixteen uh, game, back to back games against Exeter. Uh, the first game is on the 9th of April at five thirty in Exeter on Saturday, and the following Saturday then three o'clock in Tomal Park. So two good times for for Munster in those round sixteen games. Um, they'll be pretty pleased with that. They've got to obviously go and perform there. It's going to be really tricky. So, look, that's it for episode 18 of the Red 78. Uh, we'll be back next week. We'll look back on Glasgow and um, see who stood out. Um, did any of our Andy Farrell, are you watching players, put their hands up for Ireland or did we find any more? Uh, to make sure you get the podcast straight to your phone every week, just search for the Red 78 and don't forget to get in touch. Send us a few tweets, your reactions, your comments at Rugby Channel 15 or search the Rugby Channel on YouTube and leave a comment or else you can tweet Neve or myself. That's it for this week. Uh, thank you again, Neve, And good luck in the new job as well. I'm sure all our listeners will wish you well and hope that um, the Ireland women's team has a good Six Nations. Thanks a million, Quinn. The Monster Rugby Podcast. Red 78 with Alan Quinlan and Neil Briggs. Nobody knows Monster Rugby better.